Shalom Rach, welcome everyone. Bez Hashem, continuous in Kufnun Dalit Sif Yud Aleph in the Ramah Sif Katan Mem Zayin Shir number three hundred and sixty-two, and we are learning here Hilchos Beisak Neses specifically. In those days, obviously, it was very necessary to have wax candles, candles, oil to burn so that they didn't have electricity, so they can see when they're davening in shul. The question is, can a person use the candle that was given to him from a makom of a for the shul, and we had said no for a hedyut. We discussed different scenarios. Maybe it's possible if it wasn't used yet. Now the, the Ramah tells us here, mumar oived koychavim, a mumar, a heretic, and oived koychavim, shenasan shayva, he gave wax, a ner, or ner is the container to hold the oil, the basic nesses. Says the Ramah is also ladlika. You cannot light the shaiva or the ner for the shul. Where in your idea, over there is more of a lengthy discussion on that topic. The Ramah here, the Mishru rather in Sif Cotton Mem Zayin tells us that when the Mumar Oivikhovim gave over a shaiva a wax candle or the narrow the container holding the for the oil so to any other items that are necessary for the lighting or giving over for the shul also carbon it's similar to a carbon which we will not accept from a mumor so to if a person is a mumor meaning he's he's a yid and he's Michal Shabbos in public so just like a person who does of a desire will not accept his matonis, his gift, because it's just like accepting a carbon. So too, if a person is a mumil chal shabbos in public, we will not accept his matonis as well. A mumil hachis, or a person who is a mumil hachis, that we will not accept his his gifts to the shul as well. So a mumil hachis is that he has like, uh, as opposed to mumil teyovin. Mumil teyovin, the person he has taivo, that's why he's doing. The the aveira mumul achis is more he's uh, more upset you have for tainid afilu beechem ishaveiros even one of the aveiros sheim ekalmihen carbon we don't accept the carbon from them just so too sheim ekalmihen davar the basic nesses we also will not accept anything from them for the shul as well miu imnasnu moyis lichtoiv sevetayr bishman bishman shari if they would give money the 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 magen davar says. To write a Sefer Torah, then that would be permissible to accept that. It could be because the money, for by the time it gets over to the Sefer Torah, is a different item. As opposed to over here, the actual wax candles, the candle that's being burned, the actual oil is what's being burned in the container that they gave over. So that's what the problem is. We would not accept it, um, just like we don't accept a carbon. The Mechavis is further... In Sif Yud Beis, Achber Shenimsa B'Shemna Yishel Beisak Neses. You have an Achber, you have a rodent that was found in the oil of the shul. Imhu Maus, if it's disgusting, is also Hadlikoi B'Batikin Betay B'Beisak Neses. You cannot light it in the shul. Sif Kotim Emtes, you found a rodent in the oil, and if it's disgusting, you cannot light it. Vafilo Yeshishim Negdoi Demutel Vachil, even if it's bottle B'Shishim, which is a whole sugya in. Yeah, as to whether or not the 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 rodent is 
There's a bottle of shishim over there, but so he says even if it is bottle of shishim that you can eat it, kaven shemos since it's disgusting is also you cannot burn that oil to give light in the shul mishum hakriveyu no lefechosecha because when you bring something to Hashem to the base knesses base medrash. It has to be, of course, in the base of Migdosh. It has to be something which is nice, not something which is disgusting. However, there are those that are lenient if there are 60 times more oil than there is to this rodent. So too, if it's disgusting to the person, you cannot use it for any other types of lighting of of a mitzvah such as lighting for shabbos or lighting for chanukah so let's just review over here sif yud aleph you had mentioned that we don't accept the the shaiva or the ner from the mumral avayis kachavim from the from the yid who does avodizara or the yid who's mechal shabbos or the yid who's mumral hachis we don't accept it just like we don't accept his carbon in sif yud beis we had learned if there's a rodent that's in the oil it's disgusting to the person, then we won't uh, light for the the oil, the light of the shul, as well as for Shabbos or Chanukah. Sifyud Gimel Chaber says, "Ne'er shall beisakneses mut is So the light of the shul, you're allowed to use that light to read from. So, which sounds a little interesting. Din, why does it have to be stated? In other words, wouldn't you think the light of the shul? that's burning is specifically for reading from it, right? What else would you light it for? So let's explain here the Mishnah Rosef Kodnan Aleph, Ne'er Shal Beisekneses, Hainu, Shenodar Echad Shem in Lad Laka Beisekneses, Motulik Rois, so a person made a nether, a Shem in Lad Laka to give light for the Beisekneses, Motulik Rois, you're allowed to read from it, Hainu Bedivri Taira, you're allowed to use the light of the shul for reading Taira, for learning. Ah, but you see over here, you cannot use that light that was given for the Divitaira, the Limud, you cannot use that for for mundane things. It's not similar to Ner Chanukah. What do you mean it's not similar to Ner Chanukah? So we know by Ner Chanukah is also Ishtamish Behem. So it's interesting to point out that he brings here in the Mishnah Rura. That in Simon Tafresh and Gimel, Roiv Hapoyskim learn. I feel a little more awesome. Normally, we think that all the Poyskim say it's also to derive benefit from the light of the Hanukkah candles. Here he's saying Roiv Hapoyskim, the majority of the Poyskim. That's a side point. I just want to share that with you. So Hanukkah is different because Hanukkah you cannot derive benefit from the light of the of the Hanukkah licht. But here, shiny, shiny over here, shiny awesome. The beinon she nika. When it comes to the light of the Chanukah licht, it has to be recognizable that you lit it specifically for the purpose of the mitzvah Chanukah. That why did a person donate the light for the shul? Because he wants to give more light in the shul that people can learn. That's why you had in the Kedavan. The more people learn the more people that are there to learn then the person who donated gets more star. 
As opposed to by the the Hanukkah, you don't you're not allowed to use the light as we know. Miu is a dafka but it's specifically by a person who makes a neder to donate to the shul. In places where the gizbarim, the the like the shamash and the gaboim, they make the candles. So once again, it's very important to understand the historical background where Maitsoi Shabbos. Just picture the scene. You have to go home from shul now. There are no street lights. Maybe you have a torch here and there burning. Most probably not. How are you going to get home to, to, to see where you're going? So they would give you a candle, or you would have a candle, a torch, that you bring to Shul before Shabbos and leave it there. Here we're saying that the Gabbai would give you a, a torch, a candle, to take home with you to see your way on the way home. So here, each person would take a candle, like his flashlight, to be able to see how to get home. I sorry to have a because it's like like Bezdin is making it tonight that you can even use that torch, that candle to get home Maitzoy Shabbos. And even though it came from the shul, it was specifically made for a mundane purpose. But the, the candles that are in the candelabra, that are burning for light in the shul, for Limra Taira, for Davening, it is also to read Dvarim Shachol with from the, those lights. So here in Sif Yud Gimel to review, we are discussing that the light of the can, of the, the the candles and the light that's burning for the shul purpose, it cannot be used for something which is mundane. It only should be used for the davening and learning. Sif Yud Dal says, Ein Maliki Ner Shel Miner You cannot light. A regular candle, a ner shall head yet from a ner from the candle of the shul. What's the case we're talking that you should not light a regular candle from the shul candle? That's That's only if it's burning for its purpose of the mitzvah. But if you have to put it out, then before you put it out, we're saying it's mutter. So we'll see over here in the Mishrasif cotton Yodalid Ain Madlikin, the Ish Kedusha's base Aknesis Alayim, there is a status of Kedusha's base Aknesis on that on that candle, and therefore you should not light a regular candle a fire from the shul candle. As opposed to to take the fire from the shul, to take the fire from the shul and to light a Shabbos candle for, for from the fire of the shul or the Hanukkah candle or to learn, that is all permissible because it all falls in the same category of a mitzvah necessity. However, when you have to put out the fire, you can then take from that candle, from the mitzvah candle, the reason is So the girl explains that just like we know on Hanukkah, the mitzvah is for the half an hour that it should be burning. After that time, so when we say it's that you cannot use the light from the Hanukkah, that's during the Zman of the mitzvah. But after the Zman of the mitzvah, so you technically can 
take fire from it or derive benefit from it. So, so too over here, the mechaber is is the the din is the same as well. Sivkot nunhei. This is really the rama. No, it's mechaber. That that uh, after the mitzvah is, is finished, you can derive benefit from it and light a hedyut, like a candle, a candle for a regular mundane purpose. The Ramah says, The Ramah says, we're not so, the meaning is not to be so strict with this, and we do permit to light a mundane candle for a necessity, for a purpose that's necessary, even if it's not a mitzvah purpose. It could be also the reason why it's done is because originally, as we have we have implemented this principle of Lev Bezdin Mastin Lev, which means that since Bezdin have that ability, that power to say that the candle can be used, they make it tonight that the candle can be used for something which is mundane. In other words, the fire of the candle of the shul can be used for something which is mundane. So therefore, that's most probably the reason, says the Ramah, why we're not so macabre on it nowadays. And the Ramah says a general principle that, that generally speaking, whenever you see this leniency that something is being used for a mundane purpose where it comes from a Darish Dusha, we can safely assume, says the Ramah, that made it tonight, that it could be used for something which is mundane. Says the Mishnah Brura in Sivkot in Nun Vav, Godol. What does it mean, Letzerich Godol? So he actually tells us what is not called Tzarech Godol. What is a people? So perhaps it is a pipe. Pipe, pipe. For Tabak. For the the tobacco, miner shall So can a person take a a uh, a cigarette? He has a cigarette. He has a pipe. Yes, of course. I know you're thinking that that you should not be smoking in the first place. Okay, and and the Chavetz Chaim and many of his svarim, he writes the dangers of smoking, and this is before the certain general warnings. Nonetheless, the shaila is: Can a person light his pipe, his cigarette? His cigar from the from the fire of the basic nessus. So he says, "I'm b'shari tshuva shapaisikli iser miner shaltfila." The shari tshuva says it is forbidden to light your pipe from a fire that is being used to give light for davening or for learning. However, va'ach miner shal yardsite if it's a yardsite candle. That's burning a whole night. There's room to matter to permit a person to take a a fire for his pipe, his cigarette, his cigar from the yardside candle. Kosav Yud. The tells us as follows. So it's interesting, a person shouldn't take a shul candle to check and search for his money. So he lost some money. However, interesting, more interesting scenario is that let's say you're concerned that there are ganavim thieves in the shul. He says you're permitted to take the shul candle and to search 
not bedikas chametz, but bedikas ganavim, to search to make sure that there are no thieves in the shul. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to use the shul candle. Well, ani es daiti ach hashikosav ramode l'tzorich godol amrinu lei bezem asnim istabro d'shoyin nami likach neir lechavis moisov shenoflu mimenu. So the Mishnah says that after the the Ramah writes that for a big necessity, the Tzerich Godol, we can safely assume that Lev Bezdin's Masna Lev, the Bezdin made it tonight, that if you see people doing things with the light of the candle or or mitzvah, you know like this, that Bezdin made it tonight, that that Lev Bezdin Masna Lev, you have to know Bezman Azeb, by the way, who is the Bezdin that would make this tonight. But but uh, at least Meikir Adin, there's a leniency. So says the Mishnah Rura that if a person lost his money, he would be permitted to take the the light of the candle to um, to search for his money that fell in his pocket. Let's just talk a a practical year 2023 Shail Tavshin where let's say a person leaves the shul, turns the lights off, they turn off the lights, and he goes to his car puts his hand in his pocket and he realizes that he had money when he went into the shul and he cannot find the money in his pocket now. So in order for him to go back into the shul, he has to go turn the lights on in the shul to look for his money. So that's in this scenario where the purpose of the lights of the shul is for what purpose? It's for davening, it's for learning. So that's what we're saying over here. The Mishmur says that there be a, a, a heter from his ability to turn on the lights to look for your money that you misplaced or anything else with a mundane status in order to find it, because we could say leave bezimas and lame. Continue now with sif tes vav. The mechaber says like this: the krach. So going back to the people of the krach of the small town, shekolu sefer Torah. So they acquired a sefer Torah, vehisnu, and they made it tonight. What's this condition that they made? So you have a group of people in the town. And they made a condition. So the case is like this. You have a group of people who gathered together and they bought a Sevet Torah. Let's call it a Sevet Torah for $50,000. And they live in this krach, in this small, t- small, city, small town together. And they made a condition that if somebody's going to leave, they're going to pay him the amount of money that he put in for the Sefer Torah. So let's make the numbers easy. Let's say he gave $10,000 for the Sefer Torah. So if he leaves, how much money will they be giving him for the Sefer Torah? They'll give him $10,000. They'll give him his chilek. The hukru has However, the value of the Sefer Torah went up in value. For example, it's now worth $70,000. So originally they bought it for $50,000. And now it's worth $70,000. You can use any number. It could be worth $100,000. So the question is, when he leaves, how much does he get back? Does he get back get back the $10,000 that he invested, that he put in? Or does he get back the prorated amount that went up in value? More money. Says the Mechaber, Im echad mehem, if one of the people will leave the town and move somewhere else, he only gets the $10,000. He does not get more than that. Says the Mishnah Nun Zayim. 
that they made a condition that if a person will leave, the rest of the people who are remaining in the town will give the person who's leaving his chalik. And without a tenai, without making a tenai, they don't have to give the person anything. In other words, let's say this Ruvain who gave the $10,000 and now he's leaving 20 years later. He's leaving, switching, moving somewhere else 20 years later. If they didn't make a Tanaya condition originally, then, then what happens is, is that when he, Ruvain leaves, they don't have to give him anything. That's step number one. But we're saying now, according to the fact that they did make it tonight, they did make a condition. So says the Mishnah Brura, Sivkatun Nunches, Elo Mashinasan, he given the ten thousand that which he gave originally, but not the value that went up for. The Mistamola Hisnu Elul Khilik Mviror Baisa Shabloilas Shumacheris. Because most probably you can safely assume that the agreement understanding was to give back what you what you donated and and not a, a different amount. Even though you could try to understand really what was the kavanah intent, nami dimahachi, nami dinahachi. This is the same halacha. Even the manushacha sevetayr initial anusharim. The sevetayr is remaining in the town where it was donated to. So therefore, you only give back the ten thousand dollars that he donated. So you have a shaylo. Okay, well, how much are we giving back? Is it ten thousand dollars or is it? We'll call it fifteen thousand dollars. How much you give back? You can say And the sevetayr is ours. And if you're talking about the money, I see raya So we we know a principle of of which means if you want to take something away from someone, you have to bring a proof that that you are entitled to that or whatever you want to give a, take away. It's called You want to take away from your friend. All of Araya. For you want to take away, you have to bring the proof. So here, the responsibility of this Sevetaira, it belongs to the ownership belongs to the community. You, the one who's leaving, you want to you want to say that you should not you should get more than ten thousand dollars. You should get, let's say, the fifteen thousand dollars, five thousand dollars that went up in value. You have to bring a proof that that was the original stipulation, the Tanai, which he's gonna have a hard time doing that. Well, if he times Zeha according to this latter understanding, Afilu Huzlu. Now listen to this. Even if the value of the Sevetar went down, according to his latter opinion here, it's, in other words, it's not worth $10,000. It's, it's, he would not get $10,000, he would get $8,000. You would give him, according to the market value, that went down. Now, what if the condition, once again, it depends, what was the stipulation? Was there a stipulation? And now he says like this, what happens if there's a tenai, a different type of tenai, a different type of condition? There was a condition, that let's say he would buy out the rest of the townspeople, and he would pay them $40,000, and he wants to take the Sevetera to his new town. Is he able to do that? 
So they are not, the talents are not called and he is permitted, he's able to pay them the $40,000 and take the Savior Torah. Okay, let's continue and finish the the simon over here with Siv Cotton Nun Tess. It continues to the bottom of the page in the next column as well. And that will take us to the end of the simon. So the Mechara told us that the talents people will only pay him, we'll call it the $10,000 in our example, and that's it. So the Mishmaru says like this. The Mishra explains the whole Zed, our scenario, El you only give him what, what he what he uh, paid, is talking about a case the Beloitnai without a condition, without a tonight, He would have no rights to take anything for the ten thousand dollars that he gave. And therefore the Savior Torah would remain by the townspeople. Elo like we said earlier, creates or created a situation that they have to pay him the $10,000. They say, bring a proof to how much you should receive and take it, right? So this is really a different case now. However, partners who acquire together a bias echot, a house. And there was a condition amongst each other. That the other person will, will will take his portion whenever he wants. In other words, he could back out of the din of the of the deal. And one of the partners want to take his portion, and when when the value went up. You definitely have to give according to the new value, the new market value. For example, they buy a house together, buy an apartment together, and they spend $500,000. And you have all these partners. Now it goes up to $700,000. So he is entitled, he is entitled to get according to the value that it went up when he wants to back out from the deal. He wants to sell his, sell his rights to the ownership, but he makes money on the, on the deal. Because he made this condition. He's not going to lose out. What's the purpose of the Tanai condition? That if he wants to sell his ownership and make the money, he's permitted to do so. He doesn't have to wait until the, the, the official date that they were going to sell the house. As opposed to the Sevetor, the Mitzan Hadin ain't Lashum Zchus Besevetor built yet tonight. However, by Sevetor is different because if you don't make it tonight by Sevetor, then the default is you have no ownership on it. Therefore, you have to make the specific tonight. If you don't make it tonight, you have absolutely nothing. When it comes to the people going to a business venture together to buy a house or something like this, they specifically they know they're going into this as a business model to make money and then the person is permitted and able to c- come out and say I want to sell my ownership rights 
which is Mais Mechoyoim, and take his profit out. Continues. So, the Mishra now to the end discusses different scenarios. You have people of a city, and there's one shul in town. And for whatever reason, it doesn't make a difference what the reason is, they have to divide the shul, and they want to make a new shul. So the question is now, who takes the different items of the shul? They divide the Kliakoidish, the, the Kesser, the crown, and the Sivri Torah as follows. If there's a certain person who donated these items, and it's his name can be traced back to these items, that he donated them. Him, this donor, or the descendants of the donor, are able to take those items to the place where he davens, to the shul that he davens. But, if the name of the owner was not associated with the items anymore, even though you do know who donated it, but there's no connection anymore to them, then that family does not have any more strength to deserve the ownership of those items than anyone else. Now, this alone could be a question, is how do you determine if there is still a connection to the items that, are, that were donated to the person? Could be a situation where, let's say, someone donated, uh, let's say, a kesser, the crown, to the Seva Torah, and it just doesn't have it anymore. For the most part, it doesn't have it there. People know that there's a family name, they donated, but it could be he doesn't necessarily have the rights to it if the shul divides up. It's a shiloh in and of itself. He says further, Those items that are in the shul and they were donated from the congregation. Some say that those items in the shul should be divided up amongst the value of the people who are in the shul. Now, how do you, the first opinion will say, you, you shots it up, you shot it up, you shots it up by the bar mitzvah bachem and up. If you're 30, if a male 13 and up, then you divide it according to those people. Because they all have, we're now in the top of the left column, they all have the rights to use the Sefer Torah, to daven from them, to lane from them. So you, you include the bar mitzvah bachem and up. However, the Magad of Ram says, one second, there's no reason to exclude the women and the children in the calculation of who has the rights to these, these uh, shul items. If you can't, probably divide it. And if it's not possible to divide it properly, then you should, each one should divide up the time that these items are used for. Next case. You have a, a group of people that fled the city for whatever reason and they took the shul items with them. Then the majority of the congregants, the, the community members that came back, they're obligated to give back the clay HaKodesh. 
even though he himself was the donor of these items, of the Klei HaKadosh, and he doesn't have any particular reason to want to go back and daven in that shul anymore. He wants to daven somewhere else. Nonetheless, he has to give these items of Klei HaKadosh back to the original shul where he donated them. Since the majority of the congregants went back to live in that community. Kosov, Rema, most probably You have a person who acquired a mitzvah for the year. For example, the mitzvah of Glila, of wrapping up the Sefer Torah, and throughout, during the year, the king expelled the Yidin and kicked him out of the town. Let's say at the time when this Ruvain acquired the rights to Glila, and they heard murmuring, they heard rumors that the king is going to possibly expel them. Even though they were trying to nullify the decree of being expelled, the purchaser of the Galilo should have made a Tanaya condition. And if he did not make a condition, he has to pay the full amount for Galilo, even though for six months he was not there. You also have to make a tnai according to the proper halachas of tnaim of bnei god bnei ruvain. The hainu tnai koydim lemayis of chadayim. The tnai, the condition has come before the action and all the other halachas of tnaim. Chadish Rabbi Kivei Eger Masik also says Chadish Rabbi Kivei Eger disagrees with this approach. The daito the whole shegilu daito the ena koyna elu b'davka shitnu loya glilo saki. Rabbi Kivei Eger disagrees. He says one second. He purchased this glila mitzvah for the purpose of doing the mitzvah. If he was kicked out with the rest of the community, that's not why he purchased it, so he can't do the mitzvah. So according to Rekiv Eger, he disagrees and says he wouldn't need all these conditions in Tanoim. Let's say you find an item in the courtyard of the shul or in the shul itself. It's yours. You can keep it. We don't say that no, it belongs to the shul because the chotzer is kainer because it's in the shul property and therefore it goes to the hektish. That we don't say that. Rather, if you find the item in the shul, you can keep it. Obviously, we're talking about a case where there's no simon. Different opinions amongst the rishonim. It's really a sugi in elam and sias. Next case. A person who donates something for the shul, such as the parochis, and the silver for the, let's say, the breastplate of the Aron Kodesh. He wants to write his name on it. He, he, and he wants to say, donated by this Goldberg family, for example, then... The tzibur cannot say, "Oh no, we don't want you to put your name on that." No, he is permitted to write his name on it, just like says the Mishnah Rura that the Torah is the Torah is kaisevis umfarsemes. Or you say mitzvah, those who do a mitzvah. Miu davka im nisratz lekabel nidvosoi. It's only if he wants to the kabel nidvosoi to accept the nidava. Davka im nisratz lekabel nidvosoi. It's only if the shul. Is willing to accept his gift. 
But Primigodim explains he cannot donate something when the Tzibur say, we don't want your gift and we don't want your name on the gift. So it's not like each individual is necessarily spoken to. You would probably have the Rav, the Gaboyim, or let's say you call the Shiva Tuvi the, the, the leaders of the city will make that decision. Okay. Listen to this powerful Maisa, a very important Musa Haskell here. Maisa Be'echoshik Bon the basic Ness is a story where the person built a shul. We're almost at the end of this sermon here. Person built a shul. Viratsu had called Ishtadif Imoy Bimoyes and the congregation, the, the, the shul members, all want to be part of this mitzvah of, of donating to the shul. And he says, no, no, no. I want the entire mitzvah for myself. I want to be the total owner of the shul. Why? That it should be his and his descendants. It should be their shul forever and ever. Listen to what happened. Rachmanulitzlon, the Kolazari, his descendants ceased to exist. He, he started having children, the next generation started having children, whatever it might be. Says the same Hasidim, person prevented others from doing a mitzvah, he himself lost out on his ultimate goal of having this for himself and for his descendants because he, he didn't have descendants. If you let's say you have the Gabbai Tzedaka who is doing work for the shul, he can't have his name on it because he wasn't the one who donated the money. He helped do the work. He helped organize that the work should get done, rather. You cannot write, this was done because of this Gabbai. Now, you could do a different way to show the covet for the Gabbai for his hard work, but not for that specific thing because it was not his money that was donated. It's only a person who does it himself or donates his own money. That was the end of Simon Kof Nun Dalid. And in Hashem, we will begin next time, arguably one of the most important Simanim in all of Shulchan Aruch, Simon Kof Nun Hey. And you'll see why I say that in Hashem next time. Thank you for joining. Have a wonderful day.